You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. Our fifth season continues here. We're up to episode 14, which uh, every week we set a new record for how many shows we cram into a season. Uh, But we're happy to do so. Love to talk about the Bulldogs weekly. And I could not do it without my partner, Justin Raffoff. Well, that's kind of you, but I don't know if it's true. But I appreciate the sentiment anyway. Um, So, yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be back here. Um, it's crazy. It it certainly felt like October football on Friday night. Yeah, oh, it felt amazing. Oh, yeah, that Been was not a great, complaint. Like, yes. It was awesome. This Wonderful. was a great football weather weekend. I know weather here today wasn't necessarily ideal, but... Yeah, I mean, um, you can do without, it, like, it was, the mist and was, the overcast. Right. It was and, good weather on Friday night. It was cool, but, like... A little breezy. You, know, you, ex- breezy. you can start to expect that. Um, Saturday, man... Saturday was a beautiful football Saturday, too. So, yeah, I, I like the weather. I like the outcome from Friday. That was fun. And, uh, yeah, it was know, all around a pretty yeah. good weekend. Yeah, it, it was good. Um, you know, it's probably maybe the only time this year I can't say the Dolphins lost. Hey, so, so this is as close to the perfect weekend as you're going to This is as close to the perfect weekend as I'll get. Because, we talk about those. You know, yeah. Wilson wins Friday, wins big, looks dominating. Saturday, Penn State, for the most part, you know, pretty well all around. You know, high expectations now that they moved right. to the top ten, and Team they got a, the spread. T- a tough schedule <laughs> upcoming here over the rest of October. But you know, hey, a twenty-eight point win, I'm, I'm going to take 28 that twenty-eight point win in ten sacks. It's pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, you know, I uh, won in one of my fantasy leagues, the one that we coached together, pending. But you know. It, there's still we possibility. We can't be. We can't let Mahomes be Mahomes. So. You know, so, yeah, don't know if it's I want to bet be, on that. It's going to be rough. So it may not be a perfect weekend, but the Dolphins didn't lose. They couldn't lose. They didn't win either. But, hey, you know, baby steps. But as a Dolphins fan, you'll take what hey, you I'll get, take, right? Exactly, exactly. So, well, enough of pro and college. Let's talk high school football. And uh, the Bulldogs, believe it or not, seven games done now. We're seven games into the season. That's crazy. Um, hey, maybe only halfway. So, you know, depending yes. on how you want to look at it, yes. and I know the players for sure, absolutely, Nate Keller will tell me that, well, you know, why wouldn't we only be halfway? Maybe we're not even halfway. You uh, never know. Maybe I, we won't be halfway till the next week. I talked about, you know, approaching my 100th game, documenting it, you know, photographing it, tweeting about it uh, at the end of last season, like before the playoffs started. I was like, I'm at 96, you know, it probably means sometimes during the Wilson's 75th season, I'll hit 100, which I did in week three. But he was like, why can't you hit that this year? Yeah, way to be negative. <laughs> well, I wasn't being negative. Yeah, I was just... being pra- pragmatic, you know. Uh, but he called me out. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. But, hey, I'll throw one out there right now. Make this be only halfway through your season. That's yeah. the challenge. Week seven should only be halfway because uh, then you know the season went well. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, I think some of the things will come up uh, later in the show. But, yeah, like I hope we have a lot of games left, you know. So, um, but like you said, it is hard to believe that 
we're through seven regular season games yeah. already. Like that, that's really hard to believe. But a big one coming up this Friday at Gursky. Yeah. Wilson hosts Warwick, and uh, we'll look to solidify their spot in the power ratings to- heading towards the 6A playoffs, which will be starting in pro- well, less than a month, really. A few yeah. days under a month Four now <laughs> will be uh, the playoffs, the start of the playoffs. And uh, we're going to get into the power ratings here in a moment because um, I've got an email that apparently he- he's good with math and he... He lays something on the line that maybe sh- people should know about. So, okay, but I'm, let's maybe people should also include me because uh, you I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, that's even better. Surprise. So let's do some housekeeping though, and just uh, get our Bulldog Hour stuff out of the way, and just thank our show sponsors again: May's Sandwich Shop, Topher's Tenth and Elm Cafe, our two anonymous donors, and Mr. Andy Hur from EasternPAFootball.com. They help us out financially so that they can take a little bit of the bur- burden off of me and. Uh, Paying for all this uh, stuff that I use, yeah, to help, just help uh, help things go go smoothly. So. And uh, unfortunately, we'll put it out there right now, so no one thinks we forgot about it. Despite the win, we did not get any interviews. It wasn't by design. We had wanted to talk to uh, to uh, our player of the game, which a little sizzle. I'm not going to give that away. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Coach Doms, uh, which we're also going to talk about him right, in a little yeah. bit. But the uh, Hempfield band wanted to go on the field like immediately and started playing, and we didn't want that noise in the background, and we didn't want to be disturbing right, them hard with our presence. It was also cool, and the players also have to trek back to the locker rooms, which are not close yeah. to the field. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of circumstances there. All kind right. Of we wanted back. to keep things moving, so we will uh, we will try to tackle that after the Wilson the next Wilson victory, and um, that will definitely be a time to talk with uh, Coach Doms and hopefully a couple players as well. So, um, so if you're interested in, in ways to help, the sponsorship and advertising is a route you can take. Or also the, uh, you know, the in-kind donations like our anonymous donors uh, do for us. The website, again, a lot of stuff is always posted there. Please check it out. Not just Bulldog Hour related, but Wilson football in general. You can buy tickets to the uh, alumni game and the reception, which is happening this Saturday, uh, believe it or not, which been working on it for a long time. And it's both good and terrifying that that is this weekend. Um, but then it's the, only six days away. <laughs> the last last way you can help is Justin's favorite: spreading the word, like and share. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, just yeah. don't be Justin. Yeah, just well, don't be Justin. That helps. That helps, right? <laughs> like not being me helps. So. Our next live show. Well, yeah, it's a week from now, and that'll be episode fifteen of the Bulldog Hours fifth season, and we'll be recapping the game against. You didn't have anything right. else going on. <laughs> we'll be recapping the game against Warwick, uh, which was also the tradition clubs. Uh, title teams event the reunions um we'll be talking about that shortly as well and then again saturday the alumni game oh and we'll also be previewing game nine which will be at cedar crest which is another team that is a little surprising this year and in a good way for them so a lot coming down the pike over the next week and we hope you will tune in a week from now to hear us talk all about it all right and again the schedule as it sits we are down there at the bottom of column two October 11th against Warwick this Friday. We're recapping the four game from this past Friday tonight and uh, about to say bye-bye to the second column. But again, this is a big week and weekend coming up for us. 75th season celebration weekend game against Warwick. 
Wilson Football Tradition Club title teams reunions. We're honoring the 1969, 1979, 1989, 1999, and 2009 championship teams this Friday. And then Saturday the 12th, 6 o'clock kickoff for the Alumni Flag football game, also presented by the Wilson Football Tradition Club. We have 55 former players and coaches returning for that to participate in the event. 17 of the players are former team captains. So a lot of uh, key returners, some big names coming back. I just met a few Friday at the Warwick game. I uh, got to meet them for the first time. I uh, got the, to meet in person Al Moats. He, he'll be playing. Uh, he's from fall 1971. And uh, a, a guy who wasn't able to get the schedule to work out, but I got to meet and happy I did because he's someone during my research uh, that I've heard a lot of uh, running back Pete Shrek. So I yeah. got to meet him, um, which is part of those great teams from the very late 70s and very early 80s. So it was a lot of fun to meet those gentlemen. I look forward to seeing a lot more coming back this weekend as well so i said it i'm gonna throw it up on the screen in case you're watching big time be there at gursky friday and saturday turn out to support this year's team and teams from the past the program in general the flag football game is a fundraiser i know some people i think are disappointed that you have to buy tickets but that's generally how a fundraiser works yeah in order to raise funds you someone must pay some money for it uh they are not Contrary to whoever uh, was telling Susie Olsen, $100. No. I don't know where that came from. They are currently on sale for 3 or $4. Uh, you can get physical copies at May's Sandwich Shop, physical tickets, or you can buy them online at bulldoghour.com slash tickets. So uh, get your tickets now, or you end up paying $6 at the gate. So you can get in Saturday if you wait until then, but we're giving you the opportunity to save some money right now. So uh, try to get those beforehand. And... Uh, there will also be an evening reception Saturday. Anyone that wants to uh, reminisce about Wilson football over the last 75 years, uh, it's at PJ's. Again, uh, you need to buy tickets for that as well. They're sold at the same place that I just said, May Sandwich Shop, and on the Bulldog Hour website. Uh, there will be limited availability at the door, so please buy early. All right, so that's the big thing please come out support the team and the program this weekend friday and saturday very 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 important so all right should we should we try the uh the highlights first should we mix it up a little bit this week and go with some yeah, highlights why, why don't we do the highlights again first? i didn't get to do these this is the game recap that huddle does i think it's from the wilson film though so it should be pretty uh populated with some big plays okay. so right. let's uh pull that up and get to that right now Again, Wilson was at Hempfield Friday night, and uh, it started out did start out a little slow yeah. after the first series for each team. But then uh, Wilson was like, "Nope, not going to be like Penn Manor from two weeks ago." And Mason Leonard made sure of that. Uh, Bulldogs sec, I believe it was the second series. He races yeah. down the sideline, outruns all of the Hempfield defenders, gets into the end zone to put Wilson up seven to nothing, and it would be all Wilson the entire night until very late in the game. Um, it was a pretty thorough performance. Um, Wilson was very good on the running game. That was an incredible fake by uh, yes. quarterback Caleb Brown. And, uh, you know, got down to the one. Avanti Lockhart is going to finish. Oh, no, apparently 
they're not going to show that. <laughs> Avanti finished that to put Wilson up. Um, I think they also missed his other one-yard touchdown to put him up 21-0. Then Eli gets the team on the board here. This is the early second quarter, 28-0. And now you're going to see the touchdown to Matt Fry, which invoked the mercy rule in the early third quarter, put Wilson up 35-0. Nice to see Matt get you know get back into yeah. things there. So. Yep, so... Um, it was a pretty dominating performance. The ground game got things going. It was never in doubt, really, you know, mm-hmm. other than that, what the opening series that they, you know, wasn't. Like this they, is the one where, yeah. It's, yeah. They had two fumble recoveries in the second half, um, including one here. I believe this is Savion's going to end up picking this one yeah, up. This is the one I thought we were just watching. Yeah. Um, you, yeah. It's going to kind of sit on the ground for like a, it felt like forever watching the game. I was like, the ball is on the ground. Please, someone pick it up. Yeah. And well, eventually so, it does. And here he comes. There he is. Uh, pick it up and go. Perfect example <laughs> of one where I Head on was, a swivel. Right. I was like watching through the screen. So it's really hard to see exactly what's happening. And I'm like, I'm really glad I didn't hit the button to stop that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fun to see everyone really happy for Sivion, uh when he got back on the sideline and everything. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then Eamon Kenny getting work at yeah, wide receiver there. Right. But there's your final score. It's 42-7. to seven. Uh, Nick Williams would punctuate that. The backup quarterback, the senior, would get a score uh, to get Wilson to 42. Unfortunately, Hemphill would return the next kickoff for their only score on the night. So the offense didn't score at all um, for, for Hemphill, which is, you know, that's that's pretty good. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's it's a probably a positive. Pro- yeah. thing, probably a good thing to to be able to talk about on the show. So, yeah, it was a, a good performance. Defense looked great. Offense looked good. Special teams for the most part. Uh, and the kickoff return was against either the second team or your JV unit. So, you know, sometimes yeah. that happens. I'm sure the starters, the varsity, the seniors, not happy about that. And it denies them the right to pizza during defensive films this week because it's a team effort. And if Absolutely. the team doesn't get a shutout, it doesn't matter. So, <sighs> trust me, I've been on the receiving end both Whoops, that was my bad. And also, why did you guys not keep them out of the end zone? So, been there, done that, it happens. So, yeah. But, uh, you want to run through some stats from, yeah. the, the, from the victory? All right. Get some stats here, and yeah, then we'll I mean, get it, to our play of the game. Pretty, it was a pretty dominant effort. Um, it was good to see. Um, you know, like you said, the first series wasn't, um, you know, they didn't really have it clicking yet, but... Honestly, after that, they got things going pretty well. Um, you know, it, it ha- missed on a, on a few things here and there, but again, all in all, it was it was something to be pretty pleased about um, coming in. Uh, you know, throughout the first half, and then come out in the second half and handle your business. And you know, uh, the younger guys came in there and, and held their own, and and that's what you want to see. So it, it was good. Um, it was a good all-round effort, I thought, and just solid performance and w- way to get back on onto that uh, that right side of the outcome. You know? Absolutely. So, um, so it was good. I have to laugh at that picture, that that one you just put up. The one of Mason? The, the, no, the one of the scoreboard. Oh, the scoreboard? <laughs> Yum concessions. Yum concessions. Yeah, I know. I like that, too. It's it was so good. Good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So a few of my pictures from Friday night. I got Mason's first touchdown. I like this one. Eli, just about to cross the goal line, but I like Brady jumping, celebrating yeah, in the background. Yeah. Uh, that, <laughs> that That's a lot of fun. Uh, again, you know, 28 nothing. Got to see a big halftime lead. Then Matt Fry's touchdown here so not only did the video did they the, i don't know how they generate those game recaps 
Yeah. Because you would think anything marked touchdown would, would trigger it. But coincidentally, we didn't have the video of Avante's two touchdowns, and I didn't get photos of them either. They were all up the middle, and there's a pile of people, and I didn't have pictures of them. And I hate that because I like to always have a picture of every touchdown scored, and I have just like a pile of people. Way it's nothing. It's awful. And here's Nick's touchdown that I talked about at the end of the game. He was 35 nothing at the time with 341 left in the game. Looked like it was going to be a 42 nothing final. And then, unfortunately, it was 42-7. What are you going to do? Hey, you, know, you know what? We'll that happens it. We'll sometimes. It. it happens. But All right. So individual statistics, team statistics overall, a very good game for the Bulldogs. Uh, Wilson had 18 first downs to Hempfield six, so tripled them up there. Uh, most of it was done on the ground, which would make pass. Wilson teams very pri- very happy about that. 340-yard net rushing for the Bulldogs, and Hempfield had just 44. I believe at halftime they had ne- a negative rushing yards. Wow. <laughs> so uh, very similar to what Penn State did to Purdue, negative 19 rushing yards net for the game. Uh, Wilson, the starting D, held their own against uh, the Hempfield offense in the trenches for sure. Uh, passing, not much better for Hempfield, only 49 total. Wilson had 114. Um, so total offense, 454 for the Bulldogs, just 93 for Hempfield. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, not too much to complain about that. Although I'm sure the coaches will find something. Oh, oh yeah, there are definitely things you can clean up and you know continue to work on. But like I said, they, they went out and they handled their business, and that's exactly what you you would want in this situation. Yeah. Um, I, crazy enough, after the first five weeks of Wilson's special teams looking really good. Um, last week, it wasn't that they were bad; it's that they didn't really have any opportunities, and that's right. part of that was part of the township game plan. And kudos to them for that. Yeah. Um, but same thing this week: the special teams didn't didn't bust out, and you know, albeit the backups or JV surrendered one, um, right. but nothing could get going on punt returns, kickoff returns. Right. Now, everyone kickoff was held returns, in check. I know. I think one went into the end zone. Right. I yeah, think. there were touchbacks. And, yeah, and they only had two. So like. That's a good thing. Yeah, um, generally you don't want to be returning kicks because it means right. if you're that... only returning one or two kickoffs a game, that's that's ideal. Yep, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> One's ideal. One's perfect. <laughs> One is is the best number to have for kickoff returns. Yeah. Um. So not that special teams were bad. It's just they weren't as relevant this week or last right. week as they have been earlier in the season. So. Uh, be nice to see that jump back in our favor this week. Hey, that, this week would be a great time for that to uh, th- for that to come up. So third downs, Wilson was four of nine. Okay, uh, but Hemphill only two of eleven. Both teams failed to convert on fourth down once, but huge one for the Bulldogs. Five of five in the red That's zone. Huge. And when you get down there, you got to convert your chances. Hemphill was never in Wilson's red zone all game long. So, also positive there. Yeah. <laughs> if a team's yeah. not inside the 20, the yeah, odds of them yeah. scoring in high school, not great. Although, if you only gain 93 yards across the whole game, yeah. uh, it's going to be tough to get down inside the 20. It, it, I mean, we, we've talked about it in this past. It's when every year that I see Hemfield, I always think they're going to be stronger than they end up being. And well, they you, had every, very big kids. Every year when you're there and you watch some of the, the size of some of the kids that run out, you're just like, whoa. Yeah. Every year. And and I know in the 80s and 90s, they, especially the late 80s or early to mid 90s, Hemfield was was the team. Hemfield and right. McCaskey were like the two big teams that gave Wilson trouble you know if they weren't winning the league it was usually one of those other teams was winning it uh and it's been been a rough go of it for Hemfield over the last you know 10 12 years 
not that they've been bad. Like they're not going two and eight every year or anything like no, that. But no. they're uh, the middle of the pack, you know, third right. or fourth instead of up there challenging for the top spot. So right. there's been a few years where they've had those teams that, given the right year, may have had you know more success. But you know, between Wilson and Township the last few years, or Penn Manor a few of the years before, you know, like it, it, it just and now Warwick, you know, and right. their and their surge, like it just has become the timing never matched up for them to really time their runs and their runs haven't necessarily panned out the way they thought they would. So, right. So before we do the individual stats, why don't we do our player of the game? Because it'll kind of uh, present itself here yeah, I had uh, as we talk about individual going. statistics. And I don't think it's too hard to figure out where it's going to go. Um, so let's just throw it out there now. And our player of the game is junior running back and cornerback Mason Leonard for his, uh, Great running performance Friday night. We, we've seen him. We know what he's able to do. It's just he didn't usually have a lot of opportunities. He was making them count, you know, because right. he'd be getting like three to five carries here and there, and usually he'd bust one or sometimes two for a nice big touchdown. Yeah. But the majority of the time, Avanti was getting the ball, and, uh, you know, Mason was kind of a change of the pace or a diversion, and it's paid off. But this week, he was able to log double-digit touches, 11 of them, for 183 yards, including that long 74-yard touchdown that kind of started the uh, onslaught of the Wilson offense. And uh, he had another catch for six yards. He also uh, played cornerback and had an assisted tackle for loss. And uh, all around, his, you know... 11 for 183 and a touchdown, that's an incredible game in and of itself. Yeah. But if you're there watching, he was not going down. He was running like he no. was Avanti. Yeah. And there was this one play uh, that he actually had to leave after it because he had gotten beat up so much that he was bleeding. There was four or five Hempfield defenders on him, and he was still right. pumping was, those legs yeah. and just dragging them. Yeah. And we all know, Mason, he's not a tall guy. He's not a big player. But he was certainly playing yeah. big Friday night. Right, and he's he's strong and had that fire, and and that's goes a long way. So, um, yeah, it it was fun to watch him, you know, get I say a lot of ru- a lot of touches. It wasn't a crazy amount, but that the he, game kind of lend played into that a lot yeah. too. Um, but he, he certainly he, he has been making him count. He certainly made it count. Uh, and it could have been even worse, Friday night. you know, worse for Hemfield, better for Wilson. But he had a touchdown call back, yeah. um, which is captured there in the diving photo. I just I had to use it, even though it didn't count, because I I really liked it. Uh, but there were a couple other options. I got a few good ones of, of Mason on Friday night. Um, there was a beautiful sunset, and I tried to get some frame some photos on. Uh, it was, yeah, like you said at the beginning, what a what a beautiful night for oh football. It felt like football. A little chilly, but a little, man, clear. Little windy. Little windy yeah, a little windy, on, but on top there. clear. <laughs> the moon was out after the the, the brilliant sunset, and uh, it was pretty much nothing to complain about from Friday night. No. All. All great stuff. So congratulations to the Bulldogs and specifically Mason Leonard for his play against Hempfield. He is our Bulldog Hour player of the game for week number seven, which gets the Bulldogs two, six, and one. And we heard about Mason. What about some of the other guys? Uh, Avanti had nine carries, 20 yards, but he did have the two touchdowns, the short ones, you know, about yard, yard and a half. Uh, Nick Williams had the backup quarterback, had three carries, 41 yards, and the touchdown that we saw. Uh, Mason's little brother, uh, Gavin had six for 38 yards and Caleb Brown four for 33. And we saw that nice, uh, little juke and fake move 
um, that produced a long of 30 for him. Caleb was 7 of 15 passing for 96 yards and two touchdowns. He did have one interception uh, late in the first half. But again, another solid performance from Caleb. Almost getting to the century mark passing, but the two touchdowns are the big ones. Uh, one of which went to Matt Fry, who is the leading receivers in receptions. Three for 29 yards. Uh, I, I talked about Eamon Kenny getting two for 18. And then Brady Gibble has what tends to be a weekly occurrence, at least one big reception. He had one against Hemphill for 44 yards. And then we saw Eli's single reception, his lone reception, made it count, though, for 10 yards and the score. Defensively, um, the standout defensively for Wilson was... Let me get my stats here so I don't say the wrong person. Uh, Tackles-wise, it was Adrian Santana, and he was blowing up the Hempfield uh, backfield all night long. It might have been their first play. I'm not exactly sure. I believe it was early on. But he just played it perfectly. They tried to run outside. It was outside stuff, yeah. The Hempfield bleacher, so away from our sideline. He just played it perfectly, kept going, kept going, strung it out, strung it out, and then cleaned up. Like it, it was a really, it was a great play, and that kind of like set the tone for at least for him defensively. Yep. Like that was there all night, so that, that was a good job. Yeah, playing some linebacker, some rush end, uh, and like I said, he had only had the one sack, but he had three tackles for loss. He was playing the edge really well, blowing up whatever Hemfield wanted to do in the backfield, whether it was the running back or the quarterback. So five total tackles from him. Uh, Alex Gibble from a safety spot had four, as did Anthony Coper from his linebacker spot. Uh, one of them was also a half of a sack. Uh, Jaden Jones, the sophomore linebacker, also had a half sack. We saw Ethan Capitano, the junior defensive end, with a sack, and Nate Keller and Adam Venino combined for one together as well. So, you know, it was a, a good time when you get four sacks and a whole bunch of uh, tackles for losses. I think the Bulldogs had eight or nine tackles for losses. They were controlling the trenches. That line of scrimmage was all Wilson all night long, offense and defense, and the score kind of reflects that. If you control that, if you're winning those battles – Good things are going to happen, and forty-two to seven pretty much says it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, anyway, you kind of split the numbers here. It it's going to point to a dominant Wilson performance, and that's exactly what uh, we saw on on Friday night. All right, so you know we're we're moving along here pretty quickly, um, but we do want to preview the Warwick game. It's a big one coming up this Friday night. I mentioned all like kind of the peripheral stuff that's happening, the Tradition Club event, and then all the stuff Saturday. But the game against Warwick is huge. I know the players and coaching staff have had this one circled. You know, it's tough to say that or pinpoint it. We try to tackle it in our preseason interviews, but you know, so many big games happen each year when you're, when you're Wilson and playing in the LL League and have crossover games with the section two powerhouse man central and then the non-league schedule that wilson has it's tough to be like well this is the most important game or this is the one i'm most looking forward to and right. the coaches and players reflect that as they give us four or five different ones but i know after last year this one definitely has a little extra meaning to it yeah absolutely you know um let's just game it it, it just got out of hand <laughs> we'll, we'll just put it that um you know it, it was one of those where I, you know, don't get me wrong. War, Warwick took it to us. There, there's no really, there's no other way of, around that. Um, but at the same time, like right before and right after, like half, it felt like Wilson had opportunities to kind of 
get it, get back in the game or, or make it a you know but whatever whatever you know I, I wish would have happened obviously didn't and um, Warwick was able to capitalize on all those um, re- repeatedly and so it obviously did not go the way we wanted it to um, but you know what now's the time now's the time where where you have to focus and I understand like you know that might be in the minds of some people but at the same time like this is this is a completely different you know Wilson team it's a completely different Warwick team not complete I understand there's a number of guys that are back but like it's a different year so you know we don't start down points this year because last year's game was lopsided you right. know like it's that's it's yeah, a fresh that's start. how it works right it's a fresh start and so you know you got to go out and you, and you got to you got to put it all together um you know I, I think um you know being able to get back in, in the you know, get things going against Hemfield was was a step in the right direction. Obviously, they're going to need to step it up even more this this coming week. Because um, you you know that Warwick coming off the loss to Manheim Township um, is going to be looking to get back and and get right too. And you know that not that they think oh it's going to be easy because we beat this team last year. Like I, you know, they're not going to think that. But right. at the same time, they're not going to be intimidated either. You know, because right. they know we can beat. The, they believe that they can beat this team based off of last year's results. So it's not going to be a pushover by any means. You're going to get their best shot. Um, you know, they've got a lot on the line too, as they're jockeying around there for positioning in the in the five A field. It, it's a huge game. On Friday. It, yeah, it is it's a, a huge, huge game. game for both teams. Um, you know, and and you know, give. Just to kind of loop around, give credit to Township. They handled their business yeah. again on Friday night and did so in another they're, convincing I, fashion. I convincing think you can make an argument that they're – I mean, I think sites are already making this argument, but when you consider all the talent that's out in the Pittsburgh area and the Philly area, that Manheim Township's a top-five team in the state very oh, well. Absolutely. has a the inside track, you would think, um, the talent to win the District 3 title and then whatever – the best from suburbia Philly, you know, they only got to win one more and you're in the state ch- state title game. Right. So uh, it presents uh, for the District 3 winner, whoever it is, and Township has to be the favorite right now, just the, right. the way that they have played. Right, based on the evidence we have available to us. Right, well, they right. they like, knocked off undefeated Kukalka. They knocked off us undefeated at the time. They knocked off Warwick undefeated. Um, in a row, in a row, and now I believe they have Cedarcrest this week, right? So, uh, who only whose only loss so far is to Warwick. So, if you do it, you're going to earn it. Yeah, and they have earned. Well, and they're so going to have to earn it in the playoffs too. Like, there's going to be no oh, uh, right because they'll see some of these teams again yeah. in the playoffs. You know, because they also played, they played Central Dolphin this they year played too. Central so, like Dolphin. when you look at the six A, like potential playoff field, there's a there's a lot of potential rematches that that present themselves in there right. a lot of that has to do with the potential of three of of the uh section one teams being in that field yeah. so yeah that, that's going to tilt it just a little bit to begin with now from the warwick side the positive for them is they don't have to see most of the teams they've played this year correct uh, a, a good a good amount of them because they are a 5a team the teams so that, the teams they could see are teams they handled. <laughs> they already beat. Yeah, they beat up on Manheim Central. That's a team that they could see in 5A. Right. They're not going to see Garden Spot. No. So, yeah, the only possible rematch could be with Manheim Central, and they took 
care of business against the Barons uh, back in week three. So, um, you know, they're coming off the loss of Township just like we were a week ago. They fell 28-7. to It was at home last week. They hosted the Blue Streaks. So just for the record, Mannheim Township went to Cocalico, to Wilson, and to, to Warwick. Warwick all in a row. Yes, and won all And, and came out 3-0. That's... Yeah. 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 Tip of the cap there. Like I, I, you know, obviously I wish it didn't go that way, but yeah, it's, it's, it was impressive. Call what it is. Call call a spade a spade. And then, you know, yeah. So, but with that Warwick, you know, that, that kind of puts them in in a spot coming into this week too. Yeah. So they're mad because they suffered their first loss. Um, You know, they're confident because of what they were able to do against us last year. So it's going to be a huge game Friday night at Gursky Stadium. Uh, Warwick, again, like I said, entered the game last week at 6-0. They beat up on Ephrata, Garden Spot, Manheim Central, Hempfield, McCaskey. Uh, they obliterated them. Cedar Crest hung with them until they finally got to pull away and, and w- ended up winning by 20, 34-14. Uh, two weeks ago, that we, it was the night that we hosted Township, 5-0 and versus 5-0, and, and Warwick hosted Cedar Crest, 5-0 and versus 5-0. And... and uh, you know, here we are, six and one versus six and one. Huge, yeah. huge game for the league at large. Huge game for power ratings. So let's take a look at Warwick before we take a look at the power ratings. Now, Warwick is led by Bob Locker, who, believe it or not, is in his nineteenth season wow. with the Warriors now. So um, he was the guy there when Andy Hur was in high school yeah. at Warwick. Boy, Andy. And uh, you know, they have been struggling for a while. I think a lot of people are a little surprised that he was stuck around as long as he has you know there were times when warwick was one of the worst teams in yes the lancaster lebanon league section one uh it wasn't that long ago that that was true and then they something clicked they found some athletes they found some talent they found a system that works and now they're part of the uh don't rebuild just reload because yeah. they've been in this position now for a few Pushing years d1 products yeah you know, we we saw them give us a tough time especially in Lidditz in 2012 and 2014 and then they started to look really good come 2016 now wilson was able to come out on top in 16 and 17 but then last year happened yeah. and now what's going to happen in 2019 why is Warwick so dangerous this year? Well, they have pretty much the same offense as last year, and they're doing it without quite possibly their most dynamic player in Trey Glass, who's the one that beat up on Wilson's secondary last season. Uh, he suffered a knee injury, I believe, was it? In, it might have been week two, I think. No, I mean last year. Like, oh, it was he initially in, it was in injured it. Playoffs. Was it? Oh yeah, you're right. It was it was in their playoff, they like Cedar Cliff or something like that. Yeah, I think I think, I think so. Um, he he hurt his knee. He came back at the beginning of this year and went down for the season again. But they've had some guys step up in his absence. Um, Justin Gerhardt, and specifically Caleb Schmitz and Connor Adams, um, they have been electric. They were leading the league uh, in in receptions and touchdown receptions for a while. And uh, saw, or excuse me, junior quarterback Joey McCracken is the one getting him the ball. We saw him start and play full time for the first time last year yeah. in our game in Lidditz, and he has not skipped a beat this season. Has been very, very good all around for yeah. the Warriors. Heck of an athlete too. I believe. Just, just a side note. I believe he won Player of the Year in the West Reading Summer Basketball League. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
kid's a really good athlete um, and can certainly throw it. We saw that last year. So. Yeah. So, um, you know, one Rucci's gone to play at Wisconsin, but the other one is still there. And He's just collecting D1 offers. Only a junior, but yeah. And will go wherever he wants. Like, yeah. That's pretty much how that's going to work. Yeah, he'll, he'll have the pick of the litter, that's for sure. He's going to play whatever Division One, you know, Power 5 program he wants to. And, uh, yep, he's the real deal. So Warwick's going to set up their offense, at least their running offense around him. Wherever he lines up, expect to see them pound the rock there. And when they don't want to do that or if it's not working, they're going to go to the air. And like I said, they've got at least two game-changing receivers, and and they got a very strong running back too. So, So. yeah, potent offensive attack does not really – do it justice. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, last week they did have a tough time with Township, but we said Townships. Township. This is quite is, the. Is this is like, quite the team. In in one way, you want to use that as the measuring stick because that's probably the best defense they faced. It's probably the well, it is the best defense they faced. It's the best defense we faced. Um, but at the same time, like it's kind of tough to do that. You know, in in terms of trying to figure out how exactly that is going to work. You know, right? So. Um, it's it's not always that simple. Yeah. So we will see uh, what Warwick and Bob Locker's squad is able to do as they come to Gursky. Should be should be a good game. Should be a really good game. And a lot of implications for both teams. So um, come on out to Gursky on Friday night. Something on I'm Saturday night. Not yes. Something I'm not prepared to answer, but I'm going to ask myself to find out. When was the last time Wilson lost to Warwick in back to back years? Has it ever happened? Oh, and yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully you only have to look it up as just for your own right, personal just, interest just and not the, a, this, a, a... Well, because I got caught off guard with the township stuff two weeks ago. Right. right. Uh, you know, as Drago's asking me, hey, when was the last time this happened? Can you figure out what, when the year was? And Andy Hurd jumped on. He was the one, the first one to see right. that. When was the last time Wilson lost a league home game? Like, he's the one that pointed that out to me. I was like, whoa, I got to know this stuff. I, I got to figure it out, so... Um, I know yeah, that well, one will well, be immediate just, if uh, it comes up. Useless so. footnotes. Um, yeah. It, because Wilson's going to handle And they'll just float away like and, and not right, matter right, exactly. in, in any way. So, yeah, that would be ideal. So that's Warwick. You know, the names to know, McCracken, Rucci, uh, Gerhardt, uh, you know, get ready. Yeah. They're going to they're bring uh, some swagger and a passing game, and yeah. we'll see uh, how Wilson's able to respond. Should the Bulldogs respond well, it, it sets up pretty well because I got an email from a listener and supporter saying, based on his calculations and the way the opponent winning percentage and like strength of schedule stuff plays out, he believes that he thinks that even if Township goes undefeated, if Wilson goes 9-1, they may jump Township you know. because of the OWP... You know, opponent winning percentage stuff, um, which I I, right. I do not have right. the the I would mathematical love, formulas. I would to, love to find out if that like I would love to be in this situation to see if that actually happens. That's a lot of math going on. Oh, it's crazy! It is not um, a simple formula. So here, let me let me pull it up here, and you can see where we sit at the moment. So this is six A as of this evening. Now I don't know if everyone has entered their stuff. It looks like they may have. Earlier today, they had not, but Harrisburg's in with their proper six because their one loss doesn't count. Uh, same thing with Reading is at six and because one of their wins doesn't count. Um, to me, looking at this, this is a 10-team race. 
I do not think Reading at 11 or anyone below that has any chance. So you have your top eight as it stands right now. Manheim Township, Wilson, Central Dolphin, Central York, Cedarcrest, Harrisburg, Chambersburg, and Red Lion would be in if the playoffs started today. Wilson would host Chambersburg in the first round. The two teams on the bubble and sitting just outside are Lebanon and Cumberland and the Valley. The thing there is, doesn't Cumberland Valley play State College the last week of the season yeah. at Beaver Stadium? But State College just beat Harrisburg this week, right? So, so and to move to seven and zero, oh. so like they play Central Dolphin this week. Yes, so huge game, there huge too. game, huge game. Really, really <laughs> big matchup. But I was a little honestly, I'm was shocked that State College beat Harrisburg. I really was. I know it was at home. I know it was at State College, but uh, I just I thought Harrisburg was better than this. I know that they had you know they had to travel early in the season. They lost that game to that powerhouse team from Ohio, and they had that rough, rough game. Some people would say stolen from them against Central Dolphin yeah. a week previous. But I, I'm surprised Perfect that Harrisburg example. lost to State College. Yeah, yeah I mean. Yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see because if State College backs up that Harrisburg win with a win against Central Dolphin, like, okay. We don't have to worry about them. Right, so. yeah, exactly. Uh, thankfully, you're not in that, That's District Western PA. you are in the Western District 6, and you, yeah, that'll be, uh, they, they, that'll be uh, North Allegheny, Pine Ridge, and or Pittsburgh Central Catholics problem. Yeah, so, so good luck with that. Hey, have fun with that. Yeah. But, yeah, so you if you look at it, the rating overall, Township's at 0.824. Wilson's at 0.808, basically 0.809. Uh, so about 0.015 separates the teams. Um, but according to this emailer, he thinks based on these columns that I don't even know. I know one of them is opponent win percentage. That's what OWP is. But then I don't know what, like, I don't know if they go into like strength of schedule of set opponents. Like, I don't know if that's what those other columns mean. I know there's an explanation. Right. I don't want to get too technical or mathematical, but supposedly there's a chance should Wilson win out, they could leapfrog Township despite losing to them head-to-head. So my question would be, and I I do not know that you are prepared to answer this question, is opponent win percentage only of opponents you have faced so far, or is it of all your opponents – that are listed there. So, for example, right. is it counting? Right, because we haven't played Cedar McCaskey Crest yet. And McCaskey, right? But we haven't played Warwick and Cedarcrest. Each who only have one loss as well. So, like, true. They are. They even as the weeks go on, like they would probably add because they are going to be. Right. You no. Know, yeah. Um. That's a great question. I, I don't. I don't know. If I don't know. To account as a whole. Because I, I feel like, well, I don't know. I would honestly want to say it goes week by week. So I would say it's not currently counting. Okay. Uh, so if it's not currently counting. It's not counting Warwick, Cedar Crest, or McCaskey. Right. So you have two goods and a not good. You have a six and one, a six and one, and a one and six. Right. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, and seven. And Township has Cedar Crest this week. Six and one. Which is a good one. But then they have Hemfield left the, the last, the last week, week. And I don't know who they have that second to last it week. could be Penn Manor. Yeah, I don't. No, they already played Penn. Have they played McCaskey? I'm, I don't think they have. So, but I mean, you can see, you know, if you're watching this while we while we're talking so, about so it, the OWP to, so McCaskey had to end with Township and Wilson. Yes, back to back. the OWP column 
is the opponent winning percentage. You can see Wilson's is almost it's a full eight yeah. uh, percentage. Well, point oh eight here, but it's right. essentially eight percent depending on where you're moving the decimals here. So it's basically sixty point nine percent to sixty eight point nine percent opponent winning percentage, and based on that. <laughs> If it's the way we're saying it is, where it's only up to week seven through week seven, Wilson's remaining opponents have a higher winning percentage than well, than Townsend. Also, it, if if that is true, it would be interesting because you would start to have to look at non-common opponents because the others are going right. to play themselves out. So you have Mannheim Central versus Cocalico. Mannheim Central only has well, they have two losses. They both have central dolphin. But Calico has two losses, I guess. But Mainheim Central beat Calico, and that's where that does the opponent winning percentage. So well, and like, and <laughs> this is where I tell people all the time, I want to beat every Wilson opponent, obviously. Right. But if we're not playing them, we want those opponents to win. So the non-league opponents are key, which is why. Other than the rivalry week, I want Mifflin to win every game right. they play because it only right. helps Selfishly Wilson. Speaking, it, so it helps Nick power, Singleton right. rushing for 18 touchdowns the last four weeks is a good thing for the Bulldogs, right? Because right. the more because he didn't rush against right, the team it for wasn't us, against us, and we 61 every, to 14. Every Mifflin win helps Wilson at this point, and unlike a few years ago, we're not going to face them again, right? You know, like that's out of the question. So you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but then you look at Springford. That's the one because Central Dolphin non-league game was, you know, that's a team we, we both played. Township played them as well. So that one will equal out, you right. would imagine. Um, but Springford would would be one that's a different um, one. Dallas Town not having a strong year. Yeah, then that may be what's so hurting if, them. Right. Oh, right. The, it was actually two. Their other two non-conference, their first two weeks are what's killing them right City now. East. Central Dolphin East, who I believe is two and five, they, Township won in week one, 43 to six, and Dallas Town, who I think is either two and five or maybe one and six. Right. Well, and okay. they beat them up 56 to, to seven. To kind of wrap this up from my take, we have we don't know that it, how it will play out, and. For all this to happen, Wilson needs to win out. Right. right. It, you lose so, this Friday or the next none Friday. Of, none of it, it matters. It doesn't matter. You throw I mean, it out the you window. You still pay attention to the power rankings, but like this scenario doesn't play out. That would be, how do we say, interesting. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine the discussion there? I mean, and, and it's laid out mathematically. It's not like voting. It's not like college football where they just vote. Right. Uh, well, this is BCS essentially. Right. That's what this amounts right. to. Yeah, this they, is the way this right. is. This is all. This is literally all computer. There's but, no human element here that's at all. A big deal. Because what if, if that happened, and then let's just say district playoffs went chalk, which again, I don't know that that would happen. But let's just say it did. Then the result would be. Well, we know what the result would be. It would be the one seed gets the host um, throughout. Man, that that would be that would be a fascinating scenario. Yeah, here let and, me read. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I don't know that it will happen. I would. I I want to see if it will happen. I want the opportunity to see if that will happen. <laughs> Just watch the world burn. Yeah. Um, so this is the exact email uh, quoted. I'm not going to mention who it's from, but. Um, the, the person says, I don't know if anyone looked into this, but if Wilson wins out, they will probably pass MT in the power rankings, even with MT going 10-0. and 0. 
two factors here. MT can't increase their TWP above one, which is team winning percentage, and Wilson can still improve theirs with wins. So our team winning percentage goes up. Right now it's .906832, and Wilson keeps winning. That continues to rise. Obviously, it can't get to the even one, the 100%, but it will continue to go up as Wilson continues to win because there's a weighted system in there because, you know, six and one is not as good as nine and one. Right. That's the way it works. Um, second reason is, oh, here, here, he actually laid this out. Uh, second reason is Dallas Town and CD East will lose at least two more games each, and Cocalico may lose to LS, Lampeter Strasburg. Mifflin, Springford, and Manheim Central may all win out or at most might lose two games combined. Bottom line, if Wilson OWP opponent win percentage is .08 higher than MT, they will have a higher ranking than MT. Beat Warwick and it should happen. Now, again, I don't want to get technical, analytical, or mathematical on this show. Uh, And the program that does this is probably some massive file or a massive Excel file that calculates all this. Um, And I know that they can go in and and force it themselves in the District 3 office because they do it the last weekend of the games because we know entering... Like Friday night when we get done from that last week when because we play McCaskey, for all those teams to get their results in so yeah. that they can publish, especially when the, the rankings sites were de- right. depending on it and teams need to know. So, so he he lays it on the line that Wilson wins out; they're the number one seed. Well, now I cannot verify that. Right, I'm just right. going by this email, but I understand what he is saying. I understand where he's coming from. Yeah, so, well, like I said, I, I obviously can't verify and it either, it's, but it would be interesting. It sounds crazy to us because you're talking about a 9-1 team jumping an undefeated team and that one loss is to said team. But you see it all the time. If you look down the power ratings, there's always teams with fewer wins above teams with uh, more wins because of that strength of schedule, the opponent winning percentage. And, you know, the emailer said it and we just kind of backed it up. Looking at Wilson's non-league games versus townships, they share Central Dolphins, so that cancels it out. Cancels and out. now, so now you're looking at Manon Central versus Calico, uh, Mifflin versus Dallas Town, and Springford versus CD East. And Wilson gets the benefit in all three cases. Right. One thing I would say here is I don't know that LS beats Cocalico. It, that should be a good game, in my opinion. That'll be a heck of a game, um, but. It will be interesting over the next few weeks to see if this plays out, you know. And again, take care of business this week, right. and we will find and out. If you don't take care of business, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. That's right. If you do, it you put yourself in a position where it could be close. And hey, you know what? You never know what will happen. Right. But you got to handle your business, and um, hopefully, they're ready to do that. I know they'll put in the work, they'll put in the preparation, and um, it'll be fun. It would be fun to see. Um, it would Absolutely. Be fun to see if that could happen. And just to remind everyone, because we didn't say it tonight, and I'm not sure if we said it last week when we talked power ratings, but the District 3 playoffs are a full home field advantage event now. There is no trip to Hershey. Like, it wasn't that way last year. Like, we didn't go to Hershey. No one went to Hershey last year for the District playoffs. That was done. They kind of worked with neutral sites. It got weird because of the snow that happened in November. But this year, it's completely... The number one seed has that locked in unless they lose. And then and it goes to the next seed. highest remaining seed. 
So number one seed is guaranteed three home games as long as they keep winning. Right. So you would host the district championship, whoever is the highest remaining seed or number the number one team. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so there's a lot on the line. And it all basically boils down to this game Friday night. Yeah. According to this. Yeah. Well, I mean, no matter what, you win Friday night, you're in control you that, to be no worse than two. Like, Central Dolphins not ju- jumping us. No. I wouldn't think um, because they have two losses to our one. I just don't think that even right. with their OWP higher than ours, it's only .03, not .08 like ours versus Township. Right. Um, so I, I, even if Central Dolphin wins out and goes 8-2, and two, I don't think they jump us. So as long as we beat Warwick, Cedarcrest, McCaskey, we, I think we're no worse than two. Right, yeah. So... There's always a lot to play for just because you don't think you can win a league title. And it looks like that's not going to happen because uh, I don't see Township losing the last three weeks. You know, there's been a Wilson team in the past that didn't win a league title but won a district title. Right. It happened in 1990, and that was one of Wilson's better teams. Right. They lost to McCaskey at home in the regular season, I believe, by two points. Oh, and-, and then destroyed them in the district playoffs. What, did we, what was one of the things we said on last week's show was – Obviously, the, the game against Township did not go the way we wanted it to. But if they handled their business long enough for enough weeks, they'll get another shot at it, right? Like, we want to get to that point where we get right. another shot at it. Because, like you mentioned, even if we don't, even if that stuff doesn't work out and you don't end up as the one seed, if you end up getting in a position where you're the two, you know. It means you're gonna you would get a chance to face them in the district title most likely. Right. It, obviously, if you're gonna face them, it would be in the district title. Is a better way to phrase that. You know, so you would you would love to get that opportunity again. So, I, I you know, it, like you said, it comes down to this week. You know, because it, we'll worry about those last two weeks when we get to those weeks. But you, you have to handle your business this week for all of those things. You know, if you want to stay at that two seed, if you, you know, at worst, if you want to, in theory, still have a shot, you know, if something crazy happens with, with Township, you know, you, you never know. You know, we, we don't think they're going to lose one of the remaining games, but you, you never really you never, know. You don't really know. But, like, you can't worry about the other team. You know, you can't worry about all that other stuff. You just have to go out and handle your business. And if, if Wilson goes out and handles their business on Friday night, and you hope for the best, and then you know the rest will just kind of settle. You can't control that stuff, though. You can control how you go out and play on Friday night. Take care of business. Get it done. Get the seven and one. Worry yeah. about Cedar Crest and then McCaskey, and uh, second season will be here. And then it's time to make a statement. Yep. All right. Just quick reminder again: game Friday, the eleventh, Akerski versus Warwick. Huge game. That night is also the Tradition Club event. We're welcoming back five title teams from 50, 40, 30, 20, and 10 years ago. And then Saturday, fundraiser for the program hosted, presented by the Wilson Football Tradition Club. The flag football alumni game kickoff is at 6 p.m. from Gursky. Tickets are on sale now. Physical tickets are at May's Sandwich Shop for 3 to $4. And then online at bulldoghour.com. And... The post-game reception tickets are also available at those locations as well. So please come out. Please support the players that are helping us fundraise and coming back. We are There are people coming in from Hawaii, Arizona, uh, Illinois, 
all over, you know, mid Atlantic and, and Northeast coast, uh, Florida, I, you know, just a whole bunch of places, Colorado, there are alumni coming in for this weekend, Friday, Saturday. So come out and show your support for them and the program. And, uh, it's going to be a blast. So we hope to see a lot of you there, uh, real quickly. We do want to mention it, although he wouldn't want us to, we're going to anyway, coach Doms is up to 151 wins as head coach. That ties him with John Gursky for most wins in program history. That's crazy. So the next Bulldogs victory will put Coach Doug Doms all alone in the Wilson record book. Yeah, so hopefully we can make that sooner rather than later. And hopefully it happens this Friday. What a great, great event that would be yeah. for this huge alumni weekend. And uh, you, you got to believe that when right. it does happen, no matter when it is, we will be talking to him, regardless of if a band is on the field. We will make sure to talk to him when the that band moment is happens. On the field. <laughs> so, uh, anything else to say from you, Justin? Uh, Closing thoughts, no, reminders. Just, like we said, we we went through a bunch of scenarios. We had some fun with that. Um, you know, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with any of that. There's still a lot of football games left to be played. While we joked about a lot have taken place already this year, essentially a third of the season is still of the regular season is left. Um, so you got to take those one week at a time. I know that sounds cliche, but you have to go out and focus on this week. You have to focus on this week and you have to get the job done this week. So, um, it'll be fun. So hopefully we have some more great weather. That would be awesome. But, uh, you know, it it should be a great time on Friday night. So come on out, uh, support the Bulldogs. It, It should be fun. If you can't make it there, the school district will have their stream. I'll share that on the Facebook page. And WE will have the radio coverage of Wilson versus Warwick. So huge game, huge weekend. Hope to see you all there. Um, For Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays. And on behalf of the entire Wilson football program, thanks for listening. And remember, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.